0: Each and every week, I talk to very interesting people. And the most important part is that I shouldn't be the only one hearing it. I really feel that if these people make sense to me, that everyone out there needs to hear it. So stay tuned, folks, and I hope you enjoyed this newest weekly segment on Coach Listen's. Well, folks, this is the time of the show where we go out across the world and find someone who's making a difference and is interesting to me. And if you've ever looked at the financial world, if you've looked at these things called mutual funds, for years, people didn't know which which ones to get and or if they were getting ripped off, quite frankly. and. Then a guy named John Bogle came along and founded Vanguard. And it's, it's been an interesting study in, in uh, people getting educated in the money world and, and not overpaying and making sure they do get educated more than they used to. And we've got a great guest today. His name is Eric Balchunas, and he's joining us from right outside of Philadelphia. He's a senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, where he leads ETF and passive fund research. He and his team write several notes a week for Bloomberg Terminal, which total over a million reads per year. Eric's also co host of the weekly Bloomberg TV show called ETF IQ. He's got a new book out called The Bogle Effect. We're going to talk about John Bogle a little bit and I want to welcome you in. Eric, welcome in. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for that nice introduction. Well, you've got a long bio, so I have to pick and choose what to talk about. But the Bogle effect here, the book takes readers through the financial areas such as active management, ETFs, and advisory world, quantitative investing, something called ESG, which a lot of people are going to hear more and more about that coming up, behavioral finance, and even trading platforms to show how they and the investors they serve are being reshaped and reformed in that book. Now, what, what inspired you to, to write the book? I know you've talked to, when John was alive, I know you spent a lot of time talking to him.
1: Yeah, I had uh, sat down with him for three different interviews for over an hour in the five years before he passed away. And then we exchanged emails. He was on my ETF show a couple of times. And um, I uh, so I had all this audio on a dictaphone and I, I, a couple years before he passed away and the pandemic hit and I'm sort of had a little more time. And I thought, you know, let me get this out out there because I think what he did is really interesting. It's almost a business story that's it, it's not just like a Jeff Bezos or a Steve Jobs. It's actually I think another level given that he really didn't get rich himself. I think those other stories are usually about somebody becoming a billionaire. This guy made everyone else rich and I find that story really interesting when it completely has is now dictating the whole industry. Um basically they alone take in about a billion a day. Which is really an absurd amount of money. They've taken a, a billion a day for ten years, wow. um, and then other people have now copied their sort of low-cost index funds, whether it's BlackRock or Fidelity, and that's the funds they get assets in now. So in a way, Vanguard and Bogle, the, the man, have had, a, in my opinion, the biggest effect in asset management, if not all of Wall Street, uh, as you know, compared to anybody else. And really, I think all of what Bogle did really comes down to one phrase. I think his life's work could really be defined by addition by subtraction. He he removed management fees, trading, biases, um, all the friction that just gets in the way of you and your money, which once it starts compounding, is glorious.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the investment world is very confusing for a lot of folks too. And then it's more of the investainment when you watch some of these shows Uh, That are on like 24 7 is you can get financial information. I think people get more enticed to do more things they shouldn't do because they get impatient. And you know the the word, the the phrase dollar cost averaging means a lot. Instead of trying to buy and sell a lot of times, always buy and add to something if you believe in it. I I think that's one of the main things that uh, that John was featuring is is the consistency and persistent and saving like that and and not trying to like find the the, the horse that's going to win the race but bet on all the horses <laughs> so and, and and put the money in every single month this system systematic investing is something that every American should be doing
1: yeah I think most people who have invested um, I think you know when you talk about this entertainment aspect of it I think young people drive that a lot. I think when you look at Robin Hood, yeah. um, I remember I'm a Gen Xer. In the 90s, we were all thought we were geniuses because we bought Microsoft <laughs> and Cisco and it went up a lot. And, but then, you know, a correction hits and you realize this is harder than it looks. And so most people who are young, I think, go through that process. I think it's generational. But there's a line in, in War Games, uh, that movie from the 80s, where the, the computer deduces that the only winning move is to not play. And I think that's what most people uh, subscribe to after they try this on their own, it doesn't work out. And then also maybe they get older, they have more responsibilities. They have a family, a mortgage. They can't mess around with money as much. And that's where I think Vanguard is really, really fits that time in your life when you're finally done with the gambling aspect and you want to just save and grow your wealth. And so I think you're right that uh, Vanguard is sort of at odds with that sort of culture but i will say um and i funny bogle wrote a um piece for the new york times in 1999 right before the internet bubble burst and because that's when day trading was crazy then too right um and he basically said that people who day trade only get about 60 percent of the actual market returns and, and you know, he didn't like active mutual funds, but he said at least they get 75% of market returns. <laughs> but an index fund gets you 99% yeah. of the market returns. And so he, as much as he would slam active managers, he thought doing it yourself was, was even worse. If your goal is to grow wealth, that, that's also part of the book. Because I, I was like, listen, this guy came out with an idea called the index fund and he wouldn't pay brokers. So A, he, he had an idea that sounded average. It's like, I don't, why do don't I want to be average? And he was doing it outside of the entire system of incentives. But he was able to break through. And I look at all the creative ways he was to do it. One of those ways is showing the growth of $10,000. And I think this is what is interesting in the story of Vanguard is it took a long time because of this. This guy operated outside of a system. And so the company didn't even get to 10% market share in the fund business um, not until 25 years after it started. So this was a long process of him trying to explain to people that Buying and holding an index fund is not average. If you wait long enough, you end up at the top of the heap. You have to change the way you're viewing investing. And that's hard. He had to change hearts and minds in and do it without uh, being inside the system. And it's a good business story in there, too. It's interesting. And I think a lot of uh, the crypto and DeFi world, I, I'm trying to explain to them that actually, if, if you're in that world and you like crypto and all this and the DeFi thing, um, th- this book should appeal to you because this guy was like OG DeFi. Um, just in a different way. But there's a lot of the same spirit and ethos here between Bogle and what young people are seeking out with crypto and decentralized finance.
0: Folks, we're talking to Eric Beltunas, the senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence and author of the new book, The Bogle Effect. Uh, you brought crypto up. I wanted to mention that like, when you said you're Generation X, most of the folks I know who are Generation X are dabbling or heard about the crypto. What do you feel about crypto?
1: Yeah, so um, crypto is interesting. I, I still don't quite get it um but it's resilient its resiliency has made me respect it and there's really smart people in the industry and i wouldn't bet against some of them so that's where i sort of give it my respect that said i still don't totally think it's going to overtake currency i i uh, is it the new gold i mean you could debate all this <laughs> I, I do think though that crypto is being helped by the bogle effect and i'll explain why you talk about gen x or even boomers who are dabbling in crypto i think w- what you have now is that in the 90s you'd have these active mutual funds and you'd You'd have one that was five stars, and then it wouldn't perform well. So you'd sell it and buy the next five-star one, and you would just churn these active funds, and it just made investing hard. Finally, people find something to hold on to, an index fund. So they have that in their core. The problem with an index fund for many people is it is boring. It's really efficient, and it's really – it can create – it's the best way to create wealth, but it's boring as hell. So I think – we have a chapter in the book called The Fall and Rise of Active." That legacy active that's just sort of, you know, close to the benchmark and picking a couple stocks here and there, that's probably getting replaced by Vanguard in the core of the portfolio. But where active is now finding a home is in things like crypto or high active share active like Cathie Wood and Arc or thematic investing, um, NFTs. Those are not only, um, you know, fun and ways to distract yourself so you don't touch the other part which has to grow, it takes, you know, 30, 40 years. <laughs> But those things have nothing to do with the index, yeah. so they complement. So we have this sort of visual of you've got this boring vanilla core, which is great and good for you, but then you go and you search for some hot sauce uh, to, to put on – and dabble, I think, is the right word. So I actually think crypto is being helped by the fact that Vanguard has taken over the core of portfolios because it's allowed people to have a little more patience with those volatile areas uh, of their portfolio, which are in smaller slices. Uh, you're not as bummed when crypto goes down thirty, forty percent because hey, it's three percent of my portfolio, yeah. and I really have eighty percent of it in this, uh, you know, S and P 500 index fund. Uh, it calms you down a lot.
0: Where anyone gets in trouble is when they put too much money on the risk side and they don't have their safe side established. And you, you see that then they get then they make irrational decisions and they get trapped in the wrong places because all their money's in the wrong place. And unfortunately, I've seen people who take way too much risk with money they're going to need for retirement. And nothing wrong with risk but making sure you know what the, what the risk is, and, and they have an exit strategy to that risk, too. So, one final, we got about a minute here left, I want to ask you a question here, and I think it's a good one. What's your biggest concern of the markets right now?
1: Yeah, I think my biggest concern, you know, short-term, is just that the 60 and the 40, you know, the 60-40 portfolio, they've yep. both been going up for, like, 15 years. <laughs> Usually, stocks go up, bonds don't, but they've both been going up because it's low rates. So, uh, I would say, you know, that's my biggest worry should people look to something that's like alternative um but i don't know i also think that in the end uh stocks are a really good place to be because people get up every day and create value at these corporations that's something Bogle preached and tried to sell people on was that you get a cash flow and you get um yep. a, a, a dividends and you get earnings growth when you buy stocks. so i think that's a good long-run investment it's just you know what should you do with, you know to maybe uh protect yourself a little if the 60 and the 40 goes down for a while, but the 40 part, the bonds is probably where I'm worried the most, because obviously if the fed rates rate raises rates and they go up in a long cycle, a lot of the bonds that are out there right now are just worthless. less. Yeah. And so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And that's probably something that concerns me a little bit.
0: Thoughts on inflation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I look, um, I was a baby in the seventies, but uh, I, it was a big deal back in the day. And yeah. um, it's scary where it hits home. is like, Oh, I, I went to my, my review and I got a, four percent raise yay well inflation seven <laughs> then that's where it hits some people are like yeah you're right man um i'm actually starting to slide backwards so even if i'm even if i'm ahead i gotta subtract seven percent from everything now and that's scary yeah, it is. and i think that's this is something that's going to be probably a big issue for a while i hope it's just supply chain i hope it's just pandemic supply chain and that's sort of what we're seeing and it's not as bad as we think but um yeah it, it it's it's scary uh i would say that's up on my worries too that's part of why the Fed is really committed this time to raising rates. You know, in the past they've always folded like a lawn chair. Yeah. But now I think they're going to see it through because inflation is worse than say the markets. Uh, you know, having a spasm.
0: Well, yeah, good points, and uh, and, and I think uh, how many pages is your new book? How, how many pages is the Bogle Effect? Uh,
1: about three hundred and forty. Wow, well, that's, um, that's be down a down from five hundred, so i <laughs> edited it down, and yeah. also interviewed fifty people, including Warren Buffett and uh-huh. Michael Lewis, and. And I have their quotes in there. It's sort of written like a semi-documentary. And so I think I think it, I try to make, look, mutual funds are as interesting as C-SPAN to most people. So <laughs> I, I try to really, really bring it and include a lot of voices and make it as entertaining as possible.
0: Well, folks, his name is Eric Balchunas, and the name of the book is The Bogle Effect. Eric, uh, we hope to have you on again in the future.
1: I would love that. Thanks for uh, having me on today.
0: Yes, sir. And folks, we'll be right back.